between people. Coming soon, we'll be headlong into another episode. Welcome to Seaside Pod Review, a podcast about the music of Queen. I'm Randy and... Oh, oh, sorry guys. Here, I better, I better take that. Oh, hello. Uh, hey, mate. Uh, looks like I'm good to go this week, I think. Are you sure? Man, you, you sounded pretty rough, you know. I, 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 I could probably handle it. Oh, no, 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 I'm good, I'm good, mate. Yeah, I, I can record, for sure. No, no, you know, I really think maybe you should take another... Oh, seriously, dude, like, I'm... I'm I think you I'm should good. take like, another I'm week off, like... I'm a little bit rough, but I'm, I'm doing okay. Like, yeah, I'm yeah, definitely okay to record. you don't really sound all that good to me, if, if I'm being... I mean, think... But, when... man, dude, this is, like, our show, it's not just you now. I mean, Things I know went... it was the best week for downloads we've ever had, but... Still, come on, I think I had a little bit of value for the show, so... Yeah, well, things really went really well without you, Kev, so I, I, I don't know if... if... Seriously? Yeah. Ah. I'm fucking, I'm joining the show. Yeah. Well, okay, okay, well, whatever. I'm not giving you a kiss. Hey, Kevin, it looks like you're back in fight and shape, but, you know, before we talk about you, let's let's talk about me and my real uh, success with the podcast last week. Because it looks like it was our most downloaded episode uh, uh, to date, and and I just kind of can't, I kind of wonder how you feel about that sort of not being a part of it, you know? Well, what do you mean I wasn't part of it? It's my fucking podcast, dude. Like, I, or our, I shouldn't um, say that. It's our, but you know what I mean? Like, come on, dude, really? Seriously? Yeah, yeah, no, I'm kind of thinking maybe I should go out alone. Like, uh, this, I think this, I got a real future here. Oh, so what are you going to do? You're going to have a different guest on each week, and you're going to make it more interesting because I'm not here with my unintelligible accent? Well, I guess, I guess, you know, I guess you sort of stated the obvious, but yeah, that's exactly what I'm thinking. I mean, you know, <laughs> I was getting, rave, hey, I was hey, getting rave reviews in, 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 Twitter, in Twitter. I think one person said, hey, you did pretty good, Randy. <laughs> Look, if you want to take over the edit and fucking the ACAST subscription, you want to do all that kind of stuff, you know what? Be my fucking guest. <laughs> well, hey, I'm glad to have you back. Uh, I'm glad to have you back in one piece because uh, it, it is quite challenging to try and carry it alone. And, uh, you know, like I said in the podcast, you know, it, it, last week, podcasting is a cruel and unfeeling world. And so, you know, we really felt obligated to get something out there. So so we did. So thanks for listening. Well, and hey, man, like seriously, I enjoyed listening to the episode. It's It's a very strange thing to listen to an episode of a podcast that ostensibly you're involved with where you're not on it. And I thought that you just absolutely nailed it. It was it was great to just sort of sit back and be able to listen for once. And I know that that was a lot of pressure on you to sort of carry that whole kind of thing. So I very much appreciate that you kept things rolling while I was down with the Rona, which was down with the Rona. Thing. Yeah, yeah. And that's you a, sound, that's a you sound system of a good. down song, isn't it? I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Yeah, you really, really, <laughs> really did sound croaky when when we talked on the phone. Man. It, yeah, the the first three days really kicked shit out of me. It was I felt like I had a like a throat full of razor blades, and of course when you can't every if you if it hurts like fuck every time you swallow you can't really sleep because no. newsflash just in case you didn't know Randy you kind of swallow sometimes when you sleep and when you do that it fucking wakes you up right so no it was it was tough but we're at the other side of it and I'm you know what I had it a lot better than a lot of people have had um, no long COVID symptoms no real you know. Any respiratory system so brain fog to fuck yeah loads of it yeah and then fatigue and all that kind of stuff but that's you know <laughs> i get brain fog a lot of the time dude you know that's just a, a product of being an idiot so yeah well hey you said it so <laughs> there was no need for me to say it you said it kev but no uh seriously the brain fog thing excuse me was a, a very real thing for me too uh just remember standing you know in the kitchen or whatever kind of just looking around and like God, what mm -hmm. are you doing here? Why? What? What is this? What, what's happening? <laughs> what should I be doing? <laughs> well, and you know, I took the opportunity because I was in isolation. I kind of just holed up in the the spare bedroom downstairs, and after sort of, you know, I, I was kind of, I got through the worst of the symptoms, but I was still positive. So I thought, well, I'll stay in my room because I don't want to get anyone else sick. We don't want to get the kids sick. And so I wrote two episodes of my other podcast, my Tom Petty podcast, and went back afterwards, even like two days later, and thought, oh man, yeah, I got to change. I've got to change a few things here because I can see that my thought process wasn't wasn't as acute, wasn't as sharp, my language wasn't as good, you know, so I went back. And so, I don't know, but I'm at the other end of it now and I'm ready to talk about Queen. So Good. Yeah. And good, good. I, I'm ready to talk about Queen on the podcast that I co-host, Randy. Oh, with oh you. you mean the one oh, the, on the episode after the one which I carried entirely on my own that you're, you're back to... <laughs> well, it's good. Hey, but you know what, though? 
I think that's kind of a cool thing that happened because now we have a separate section called B-Sides. That's why I had dubbed it. You weren't around. I couldn't run it by you. So I just said, you know what? We're calling this the B-Sides. And so we didn't really ever find out what you, Kevin, think of Soul Brother. Because uh, you you heard what I thought, and I'm sure you've read Twitter. Uh, but what, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty much in lockstep with most of Twitter and, and, and the stuff that you said too. I mean, it's very clearly an idea, not really necessarily a completed song. It's a throwaway lyric that's sort of just very off the cuff and loose and jocular and sort of, you know, this this homage to Brian, very tongue-in-cheek and whatnot. And that's all fine and well, whatever it is. But it's not something that I'm going to throw on very often because it's, it's a bit disorganized and it's just it's a sketch more than it is a painting, right? So I like it for what it is and it's good to hear Freddie vamp around with that falsetto, but mm, yeah, no, it's okay. It's just a thing. So I don't, I don't love it. Don't hate it. So it was definitely, it bit the dust for me. Yeah. Just in terms of it not being in that sort of same, could I put it in the same caliber as the top 75 or 80% of Queen songs? Definitely not. So it, it's most definitely a, a bite the dust for me, but I did not vote. I didn't vote. I thought that would be. Um, you don't want to skew the results. Yeah, exactly. Don't want to skew the results. Well, and I, I, I guess we're going to probably get the Twitter, but there are some pretty great uh, Twitter comments on soul brother. Uh, many of which I agree with, and uh, with I do believe one person saying something to the effect that it's like a unfinished demo or something, which I thought was, uh, <laughs> which I thought was maybe a bit harsh, but, but you know, well, I, I I don't think it is though. Like I, I mean, that that to me is where it lands. It's sort of it, so there was you know there, there was lots a little bit of talk about because it was started um, on the game sessions, I think. I, that, yes. that came out right. I think so, I had read that somewhere. And we sort of both sort of thought that, or and, and the kind of the conversation led toward probably the music. Freddie had that lick or whatever it is because it's just a bluesy kind of vamp thing, right? So, but had that down, and they sort of probably looked at that and thought, well, it doesn't really fit with what we're doing on the game, and there's not really much we can do to steer it that way. So we'll just keep it around, and maybe it's a B side, and maybe it doesn't go anywhere. Maybe it's just one of those songs that doesn't end up anywhere. But then Freddie puts this lyric over top that's just again very tongue in cheek and very so yeah it totally is a demo it's not it's not a fucking song right it's not really I don't know I, to me that's I, I think that's some good criticism yeah well I, you know, I guess we'll just argue that it's definitely a song it's just maybe it's just not uh, it's just not it's just not not their best. Okay, well you know what, Randy, um, we should go to Twitter. We talked about what? Twitter. We should go to Twitter, but. As you think that you're, um, you know, now king shit on this podcast, I'm going to let you read the Twitter out. Because I'm sharing my screen here, so I'm going to let you read the Twitter out and see how you like it. Yeah, well, there is that. So Lisa Malloy, she said, it's a no from me. Freddie's falsetto was excellent, but it's not a song I enjoy listening to, unfortunately. So, yeah, not so much different than what we've been saying. Yeah. Darren Helliwell. Although I like the vocals, it's not a song I listen to very often. Uh, it's a typical B-side fodder, so bites the dust. Yeah, I, I, again, I, nothing to disagree with there. And Dieter, at My Chameleon Days, good friend of the podcast now, he says it's a no from me, it's an okay song, but it feels more like a very good demo, hey, there you go, than a fully developed song. Freddie's vocals sound great, but overall this one does nothing for me. Um, and Rob Patton at Blackwitch says, Blackwitch F, I should say, has had to vote this one down as even though I like it, this track would rank way down in my overall list, definitely in the bottom half somewhere. So unless I'm only going to downvote a handful of songs that I truly dislike, I will have to toughen up my scoring from now on. So again, I'm, I kind of like this. Yeah. We, we've had another couple of calls um, from people to sort of add a third option in. And one of the suggestions is doing all right. So it's that thing of we are the champions, bites the dust, but is it in that middle ground? But I kind of, I still... Oh, man, I still cling to this idea. I think it's good to get people to commit one way or the other, and it, it is hard sometimes. And I know that it's going to be there's going to be songs later on in the catalog that I'm going to have to really be a little bit, probably a little bit more cutthroat about, and but maybe even against what I actually really think. Just to be honest with myself, right? So I think Rob's kind of highlighted that there in the, in the, in this tweet. So yeah, no, it definitely does make it. Uh, it definitely does make it more more challenging on those songs that are riding that sort of middle ground. Yeah, uh, but. So yeah, uh, Ben Strand. I'm not exactly sure what to do with that opt part. Uh, what well, I think, anyhow. I think it's, I think it's Dutch. I think, I think Ben's Dutch. So I think that. So might how would you say be, that? I don't know. So maybe okay. we should get. Maybe Ben, if you're listening, um, send me or send us a quick soundbite of how we say your name. 
Uh, anyhow, Ben says, it feels like an outtake, but it's definitely a champion. So there we go. We got a champion. And then below we have Pank, Pank P007, discussed this with the lap of pods. It's fab in the key of C, but couldn't resist an A flat and B flat for anything, anything. Always a win for me. So there you go. You got another, uh, got another winner there. Well, and again, shouts out lap pods, right? Which I always sort of hold up as the the gold standard in Queen podcasts. It's the it's the mm -hmm. thing that sort of prompted me to think, hey, you know what? I would kind of like to do a Queen podcast now. So listen the, to those guys. So we're the redheaded stepchild of Queen. We're the redheaded stepchild <laughs> standard, absolutely. <laughs> Well, there we go. James C. Cody Sparkle says we need a middle ground option. I yep. don't think you're getting one. I don't know. We, we'll drag this out as long as we can, and maybe we'll cave to peer pressure in the end, but I don't know. <laughs> Simone de Beauvoir. Oh, geez. Simone de Chicago. Yeah, I, I love it. An unusual sign for Freddie, but lovely. And he wrote it from the heart to show his oft-depressed bandmate how much he loved him. Like in Breakthrough, at about 2.29, Freddie sings the lines, your smile means books to me, closely into Brian's face to make him smile. Now, it's funny because I just literally, um, the episode that's going out, as we record this, the episode that's going out tomorrow of my other podcast is a song by Tom Petty called Mary's New Car. And it was written for the band's manager, um, who was the long-time den mother of the Heartbreakers. And it's that thing of, I understand what the sentimentality of writing a song for someone that's a bit frivolous, maybe, and a bit sort of tongue-in-cheek. But as a song that you're going to put out into the world, I don't know. Like I said, that's that's where that line is for me, I think, is, is I don't know. It, it just feels a bit throwaway and a bit hmm. meh, a bit meh, you know? Yeah, well, there you go. Uh, well, so Black Pie says, I'm torn. This was so hard to get a hold of in the 80s. Hearing it for the first time was special. It was refreshing to hear Queen loosen up a bit. That said, and I may be flogged in the streets for this, there's a tad too much falsetto dust for me. There again, uh, as as has been going on. And Paul Bradbury, uh, as you said earlier, yeah, another friend of the podcast. I get the feeling I'm the same camp as Randy Woods. I don't dislike the song, but I, <clears throat> I have to consign it to the dustbin, uh, to the, the dust pile, because I almost never listen to it. It feels like a work in progress. I like that. That's sort of the, one of the better comments there. Feels yeah. like a work in progress. That was done as a demo and then abandoned it because it it does give it does feel like that it does feel like a it does feel like they're kind of just throwing a whole bunch of stuff at the pile and you know and hoping and hoping something catches fire you know what I mean? Well, and we've talked lots in the past about you, you see you talk about placeholder lyrics, right? Okay, I don't have anything yet, but I'll sing this melody and it kind of sounds like this. So I'll drop these words in and maybe I'll do something with this later. Yeah, and it feels like one of those that they just yeah. never did anything with later. But then at some point, Freddie thought, "Well, you know what? Fuck it. It's fun as a B side. Let's just release it as it is." Yeah, yeah. Um, Alice's dad, like a lot of Queen B sides, it has its good points, like Mercury's vocals, as always. Um, but it's just not up to the standard of most albums. A shame, really. A little bit more time and effort, and it would have no doubt been brilliant. And I kind of, I totally get that because Queen did blues like Brian May can play his blues guitar. Like he can he can shred some blues guitar when he wants to, and I think had they developed the central idea of it, it's not a bad blues vamp. It just needed a bit of, it just needs a bit more weight to it, maybe. Which again, I mean, maybe that takes away from the fun of it. But I don't know. What? Who am I, I Randy? Uh, who am I? Well, you're just one man on a podcast. But I uh, I had mentioned in my critique last week too that uh, that I thought found Brian's guitar solo on the outro pretty yeah. pretty lackluster. Yeah. So I mean, you know. You, you know, there, you know, more could have been done, I guess. You know what I mean? But you know, maybe at the time they're they're thinking, oh, hey man, this is this is fucking great. This is like the best thing we've ever done. So, you know, <laughs> how, how how would we know? Alex Small says it's a no no. The song is totally spoiled by the appalling lazy lyrics, <laughs> the lyrical equivalent of the closing best of jazz sequence on more of that jazz. It's in my worst of Queen songs list. So there you go. You know, and and I really appreciate the fact that. We start this thing, we're talking about a band that we all love, but we're all entitled to think, well, that sucks, man. Like, yeah, you know, we didn't love um, Heaven for Everyone. We kind of got caned a little bit from some people about that. There's there's different songs that people are going to love and we don't, and it's going to happen, right? So I think that's fine. It's a good thing. Because if we all like the same thing, we'd all be listening to fucking Nickelback. That's right. We would be. And uh, I do like, I do like the... Uh... I do like the diversity we've got in this in this uh, uh, song here. Like you know, from Alex to, to saying it's the worst thing he's ever heard, 
to uh, I'm not sure who we were up there higher, but uh, said that they liked it. So, but anyhow, what uh, what does the poll? How did the poll shake out, Kev? Well, it, again, a little bit closer than I thought maybe it would be, but um, 39 votes with 12 hours left as we're recording, so we could still get a couple of trickling in, or maybe there'll be a you know a swing vote kind of situation where. The polls get stacked and votes get bought and dead people start voting in uh, in Arizona and Texas. You know, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? But right now, it's a 38.5% champion and 61.5% bites the dust. So I I think that's okay. I think that's, I think pretty, that's fair. Pretty in keeping with, with the comments. I think so. You know, uh, did we get any, any uh, comments from Facebook this week? Well, Randy, we had two comments on Facebook. Uh, Lisa Miller-Dozier says, feel better. Well, thank you very much, Lisa. Randy did a great job. And I think we can all, you know, maybe I'll put a poll up about how good of a job Randy did because I don't <laughs> think we're all agreed on that fucking subject. <laughs> Especially with the constant harassment I've been getting. <laughs> and Sarah Chapman, um, a new friend from um, a Queen uh, Facebook group that I've joined, uh, which has been a lot of fun. Oh, nice. Um, says, hope we feel better soon. So again, um, some well wishes there. Well, you know, just to finish up though, Randy, quick, back to Twitter. I mean, we obviously, obviously we post out what the episode is going to be. Then we post a poll and people comment on both and it's, and, and whatever. So um, I did want to just throw out again, some support for you. Alice's dad again said, well done flying solo. And Rob Patton said, well done for holding up the fort, Mr. Randy. Much appreciated. So, <laughs> you know, that's great. And PJ at New Mercury, um, who was also in this Facebook group that I was talking about, um, says great solo effort, Randy Woods. I'm expecting a cover of my Sharona with that clip of I've got the Rona anytime soon. So, you know what, Randy? We got to give the people what they want. Well, you know, I, uh, I, I did very, very seriously think about uh, uh, running a clip of my my Sharona in there, <laughs> which is so cool that, that uh, PJ said that because it it really did cross my mind. But you know, we're trying to you know we're trying to have, we're trying to run a fucking classy podcast. Over here. <laughs> trying to take this seriously, people. What's what's with all the fucking hubris? Like, come on. <laughs> Uh, All right. Well, you know, the real reason we're here tonight, Randy, mm -hmm. is we're going to talk about a Queen song, right? Because like, that's what we always do. And for people who've never listened to us before, 20 minutes into the podcast, should we tell them what we're all about? What are we doing here? What, what's, the, what's, the, what's the idea? Why are we here? Well, what we do here, Kev, every week is we spin a wheel and it randomly generates a song. Uh, and then after that song has been randomly generated, you and I talk ad nauseum <laughs> with uh, little to no personal regard for our safety or, or, or anything. <laughs> I'm not even wearing a seatbelt. But are you wearing a condom? <laughs> well, I mean, doesn't everybody just wake up and put one on? I mean, <laughs> just in case. <laughs> <laughs> it's, better, it's better to be proactive, I find. <laughs> Why don't we spin that wheel before we get to before we descend any further. <laughs> okay, well, before we do that, though, Randy, I always ask you if there's uh, something that you're hoping to hear. Are you still hoping to? Because we had a, a B-side. We had something you haven't heard before. You downvoted it. Are you looking for something to pick you back up? Are you thinking of a different genre? Is there something you want to hear when we spin up this wheel here tonight? Well, okay, so here, here's what I'm going to say. Uh, I would like something that I just... So, like, with Soul Brother, really... You know, I, I don't know where it fell on this on the spectrum, but it's not like I I despise the song. But I wouldn't mind hearing one that maybe like I really just really like. Ooh, that's I don't like that at all. Uh, now I don't know if that's really going to happen with 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 Queen because just about like at least can tolerate everything they do. So, but there you go. That's what I'm going to say. What about you, Kev? You know, I do have something that I would like to listen to tonight with you. Um, and I'm not going to tell you what it is. Oh, mysterious. But I will tell you it's from the 70s. It is a guitar-based rock and roll song written by Brian May. And if it comes up, I will be delighted because I'm kind of, you know, sometimes there's a song in your head throughout the day. And weirdly today, as we're recording Queen podcast, I've had a Queen song stuck in my head all day. And if that one comes up, it will be fucking fantastic. Is it Dragon Attack, Kevin? It's not Dragon Attack because that was 1980. And I said the 70s, please pay attention. Okay, so we spin this fucker up then, Randy? Yep, let's do it. 
Okay, we're slowing down. We're going around. We are getting something from... Oh, now, we're getting a song that I'm going to guess you don't know, but it's from an album that I'm pretty sure you will be familiar with, Randy. What song are we getting? Well, I'm definitely familiar with your album, the album A Day at the Races, and this is Drowse. Drowse, indeed. All right. Hey, so folks, we got Drowse here. This is a Roger Taylor tune at three minutes, 43 seconds. Roger Taylor on the lead, backing vocals, drums, timbales, rhythm guitar. Uh, Brian, of course, uh, on the acoustic and electrics and John Deacon on the bass. What is a timbale, Randy? What is a timbale? Well, that's mm-hmm. a type of drum, Kevin. It's a type of drum with uh, a, it's an open back and, uh, you know, if you would look at a photo of it, it would really sort of explain it a lot of uh, a lot of itself to you. <laughs> the song was recorded <laughs> at the Manor, Shipton on Cherwell, Oxfordshire, in July 1976, and in Sarm East Studios, London, November 5th, 1976, as well as Wessex Sound Studio in London, November 19th, 1976. I don't think anybody cares about this, but I'm reading it anyhow. And just Mike on Stone. that, just quickly though, Randy, on that, like, so I'm always curious about this because I always think that you know if you've got a song and you get into this, and then this is again comes from a place of naivety about not being a professional musician, where and especially when you're at this level, okay, you've got this song and you're going to record it. Why can't you just sort of get through? I understand you record the parts and then you're going to mix them somewhere else, or you're going to send it away and do blah blah blah. But is it is it just a sort of expedient of Actually, you know what? We've recorded all this bit. Now maybe we've moved to Psalm to record a different song, but actually I think I want to overlay something else on top of this. Is that all that is? It's just kind of a procedural thing? Or is yeah, this sort of a dynamic thing why you would do it? I mean, I'm you know, I would say that exactly that. They've started it probably in Oxfordshire and then and then maybe they didn't have a, a finished vocal. Maybe they didn't have a I mean, whatever it is they didn't finish. Uh and so now they're in Sarm and hey, let's let's let's, you know, haul those two inch tapes out and yeah. Put them on the machine and hear how this sounds and and let's finish it. You know, I, I'm sure that's probably the case. Maybe they couldn't get back into uh, Oxfordshire. Maybe they right. were on tour and they just had a couple of days here and there, which, you know, obviously for, for these guys around 76, I'd imagine they're pretty busy guys. And uh, yeah. So, yeah, that's that would be my guess. Uh, okay. I, I find interesting and it's not like I, I doubted his talent, but uh Roger Taylor, I haven't heard the track yet here, but Roger Taylor plays rhythm guitar on this. So uh, that's also kind of cool. So, and and uh, I'm, I'm led to believe here that it's a slower, quieter song. So that's also going to be uh, interesting. And you've heard this, Kev. What do, you, what, what do you know about this? Yeah, and slower, definitely. I wouldn't necessarily say quieter. Um, not dynamically. I mean, it's not like, a, it's not a big rock thrash, smashy, hitty, you know, thumpy, drummy thing, but that's a technical term, just in case you were wondering there. Um, but it's, so, oh, it's, hang on a second, hang on a second. I think for our, our listeners, we'd like to like thumpy, bangy. Which like, what's the difference? Well, you know, the, the difference between thumpy, bangy, and tippy tappy is um, it's all in the resonant um, cadence of the uh, molecular oh. uh, vibrant frequencies of the uh, drum oh. heads, Randy. It's something oh. I wouldn't expect you to understand. You know? That's... No. Okay. Well, thanks. But thanks for explaining that to us. Though. But anyhow, continue on. <laughs> All I mean to say is that <laughs> Black Sabbath and Deep Purple were quiet when they were playing sort of halftime, but it's not really quiet. It's just a bit sludgy and a bit heavier. And this is this song for me falls into that category because I listen to tons of Black Sabbath, tons of Deep Purple, you know, all, all that kind of really heavy stuff growing up that is a bit you know, maybe I'll, uh, this is the wrong word again, we talk about this lots, but it's a bit less produced in some ways where it just sounds really greasy. And right. this song's got a bit of that. Like, it's got a bit of that sort of edge to it where I think that it's more on that loose, sloppy, greasy side of rock and roll than it is on the really tight, queen, multiple harmonies, really sort of controlled end of things is, is where I would put this. So, Right, right. Yeah. Cool. But well, you know what? We, yeah, why don't we jump in and listen to this fucker? Let's listen to some of it. Yeah. 
you see what I mean? Like it's got that looseness to it. It's got a bit of a swagger, a bit of a fuck it. You know what I mean? Like that kind of attitude to it. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty drippy, dreamy sounding too. And I guess as I normally do and I like to do, uh, I, I just checked this out and it's in the key of D. Uh, I did pull up a little chord chart and, uh, but often they're wrong. So I just consulted with my guitar and it is <laughs> in fact in D. Uh, yeah. That's all I got to say about that. Here's a funny thing. When I was a kid, that line, the easier lays, I didn't know, I had no context for that, right? Like I was, I don't know, this was 76. So I would have been three then. So I, did, I listened to this when I was seven or eight. I thought he was singing the easy Olays, like uh, the like an Olay, which didn't make any, doesn't make any sense. But that's where I always read that. And listening back again to this, it was like, oh, fuck yeah, no, it's not really singing at all. You know? <laughs> And it, but it is that kind of lazy summer, bit of smog in the air, you know, sort of the in, it's got an industrial feel to it almost in terms of it's sort of, you know, this isn't sort of an up class thing. It's kind of that greasy working class summer that the Kinks wrote about lots, actually, I think. Right. Right. Love the Kinks. <laughs> That's a good line. Yeah, that is a good line. Um, I was going to just actually make uh, make a note here too, I, I, if it's just me or not, but it seems like uh, his vocals are mixed uh, mixed low, hey? Yeah, they are quite low, aren't they? They're not, they're not, uh, they're not, uh, you know, mixed forward. Well, and Rog has that sometimes because he's, it's not falsetto quite, but he's got quite a trebly lead vocal. And so, if you don't, if you don't thicken it or, or sort of pad that out and, and make it a bit stronger, it can sort of sit back a little bit underneath the, the mm. instrumentation, which works sometimes. I think sure. it works on this. Yeah, sure. He, his vocal is definitely affected by something on this. Yeah, uh, I haven't got it quite. I haven't got a, a really good solid guess here at a minute seventeen in, but it's definitely affected by something. It's definitely sitting low in the mix. But uh, yeah, let's 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 move on. I was just going to say, though, quickly, like I said, that, that line, I think, you know, we, we've smashed on Rog already yeah. in this podcast plenty, but there, sometimes when he gets a little aphorism or a turn of phrase right, it's that fantastic drowse of the afternoon Sundays that bored you to rages of tears. It's a pretty yeah. fucking great line, man. That's a That's, really clever, you know. It's a good line. It, it really is a good line. And and it's already better than it's the mistier mist. <laughs> It's you already don't like improved. That one, <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, like, like you know, I do and I don't, <laughs> but mostly I don't. <laughs> well, and get get ready because there's another. There's a, the, the second half of this verse is pretty fucking good as well. So let's roll it forward. Let's do it. Listen to John too. John's moving around a lot on that bass line. Yeah, yeah. I would just notice it as you paused. Yeah, he's, he's playing a lot of sort of arpeggiated or broken chords around the bass that not just sitting on the root notes and sort of plodding through, right? So he's showing he's showing that he knows the the chord structure. <laughs> I swear I'm not going to keep stopping every 10 seconds, but there's something very 
Roger Waters about that line to me. There's all the more reason for living or dying when you're young and your troubles are all very small. That's a very, it's got that, it's almost a dystopian thing, like the the wall or the final cut that Roger Waters was really tuned into because it's quite depressed and quite sort of bleak in a way, right? But it fits the mood of that lazy, drawling, slidey, back and forth. You know what I mean? Like it's got that, it fits. It's funny. Uh, it's interesting that you draw that comparison because right when you stopped it, what I was hearing was it's it it was to me it was very reminiscent of like a of a of a Bowie tune. Okay, I'm not saying which Bowie tune, but I was just getting like that the vibes of that affected vocals and and it, you know maybe you know maybe it's it's because it's it starts in D and it sounds like it 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 drops. I'd have to look at the chords and stuff, but yeah, maybe maybe it's that's what's giving me some of that those those feelings. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Good point. Good op- good observation there, Kev. I think good observations all around, Randy. We can all pat ourselves on the back. Very. Hey, you know what? You know what? <laughs> Why don't we all take a minute and just congratulate just, ourselves just... here? Yeah. Oh, bravo! Bravo! Round of applause. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Listen to us we talk have, about stuff. We have thoughts. <laughs> Again, man, there's some pretty fucking good lyrical content in that with the downtown chewing gum bums. That's a pretty good, again, that's a pretty good good line, man. It's all right. But we get that key change too, right? So there's a bit of a, a bit of movement into, it's not quite a bridge, but it's not, I suppose it is a bridge really, right? It's, you know. Yeah, I would say that's, a, I would say that qualifies as a bridge, yeah. Yeah. And I think we're going to come into a verse now. So we haven't talked a whole lot about that slide. But Brian's really, it's its kind of funny here because sometimes a drummer writes a song very percussively and mm-hmm. Brian's really keeping, it's a sweep going. It's, it's a very consistent, it's like a pendulum movement, right? It's like that thing where it's just keeping time almost on that slide guitar and Roger's playing that rhythm underneath. But it's a, it's a neat little sort of motif to not really play a riff, but just to keep that sort of sonic movement going in the song. Just keeping the just he's yeah he's marking the chords you know up and down slide, uh, with a slide sorry and uh, there again, uh, well, with you know it's it's is it's very affected and uh, I I should really listen to it and try and really nail down what I think it is but it sounds like some flange some flange on it and and there's there's got to be some chorus on there too so yeah super heavily processed definitely I, I would say definitely chorus yeah once you once you listen to that again. Yeah. Um, and I can think, again, I think it said in the notes that it's playing his red special. So, yeah, his red special doesn't sound like that natively, right? So, yeah, yeah. I always like that in a song where if you clip one line, so you know the, the first three lines in that um, in that four kind of fill out that whole four bars, yeah. But then the last one ends at two, and then you got four bars just hanging there. I think that's that's always a nice little bit of breathing space in a in a verse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that last part of that verse, I totally get your Bowie thing. <laughs> yeah, it's totally Bowie, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. 
Yeah, he's leaning into and he leans even the delivery is totally ziggy, you know. Yeah, yeah. He's gonna have his poached eggs for breakfast, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> So very generally, before we start digging into this, Randy, um, I think, you know, what we should start doing a little bit more is listen to the song, some very, very brief recap thoughts, and then vote, and then we'll dig into it. Because I think sometimes we always, you know, we show our hands. Okay, Kev, so uh, I think that uh, I think it's time for us to vote. And then, as you said, we'll, we'll talk a little more uh, at length. So you tell me, for you, does this bite the dust or is this a champion? I won't belabor it, and I'll wait till we get into the sort of discussion about why I think that. Um, but <sighs> A Day at the Race is, is such a special album for me that, I don't know, it's going to be difficult for me to sort of downfall very much off it. But I think there's it's one of Roger's better vocals. Uh, sorry, one of Roger's better lyrics. Um, it's different to anything else that's on the album. So, yeah, I think it's I think it's A-OK by me. So the question then is, Randy, I think we might, I don't know, I don't know we're going to, maybe we'll get a bit of a contentious call here. We haven't had too many split decisions. Only one so far, no. in fact. That's right. Um, we're, just, so we're just so goddamn agreeable. Well, I think we're, you know, this is the problem when you do a podcast with your friend, you kind of like, you know, more or less the same things. But I will ask you, because obviously you have a, a more attuned musically than me. <laughs> For you, is this one of the champions? Or are you going to make this one bite the dust for the second week in a row? And another one gone, and another one gone, another one bite the dust, yeah. Well, Alrighty. Uh, you know, I guess I guess I would just say, uh, much like I said last week, it's certainly not the worst song I've ever heard. Because, it, I mean, it just definitely isn't. But I guess it's just, I'm not sure if it was Rob Hatton or who it was saying earlier, but it, to me it's just... And I don't have the whole Queen catalog yet in my brain, but to me, it's just it's just too far, it's just too far down. And you know, you say you're talking about yourself about a day at the races and how it's such a special album for you and all that stuff. And I mean, look, I can I can see I can see the big hits off of that. I know I know a lot of these songs. And to me, you know, it it's, it shouldn't even be on this album as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> Bold statement. Oh, no, no, there is a hot take that is going to get no, Mr. No, Randy no, no. in all kinds of fun. Okay, trouble. okay. I, I take no, all no, of no. that back. No, no, no. no. I, I, Randy, it's totally valid because... Well, but the thing is, I'm saying that without having, without yeah. knowing, I, I don't, like, I mean, I can't, there's a few uh, songs off of A Day at the Races here that I, I'm not really familiar with. So, yeah. So I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have said that. That was out of line. But all I'm just saying is that uh, to me, I think the vocals are mixed are mixed too low. I think it's relying pretty heavily on 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 Brian's kind of cool flangey guitar and an effect on the vocal. And and to me, the songs, uh, it's just I don't know. On on first listen, doesn't it doesn't grab me? Doesn't hold me? Doesn't make me say, oh, you know what? I'm going to do immediately after this podcast. Go back and listen to Drowse. <laughs> I, I'm not going to, and and I don't yeah. want to. Uh, well, do you know what I mean? Like, and I'm being well, no one can make you. Your mom's not well, here. No, like nobody can even make me, and that's the other thing too. But uh, there you go. There's my hot take. Yeah, no, dude. Seriously, like I said, I mean, I, I this is this is why one of the main reasons I wanted to do this is because you're coming at this from an entirely different angle than me, and for most, you know, big catalog Queen fans, and it it doesn't fit on a day at the races, but that's why I like it. That's there's something about it that it just it completely takes you out of your comfort zone when you listen to this album. Which I don't know, I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, but but <laughs> and again, to me, there's enough in there that I love because I'm a, such a huge Kinks fan. And again, we've talked about I think maybe I don't know if we have talked on the pod, but Waterloo Sunset by the Kinks is probably one of my favorite top five, top ten songs ever. Love that. Song. And there's there's kind of lyrically there are hints of the 
the appeal and the sort of the the sense of that song in that it's describing this this very specific point in time working class summer where you're sort of nothing's going on you don't have a ticket to the opera you you can't go punting on the thames you just you're just sitting in this kind of weird fog thing but but you're kind of happy it's just the drowse it's the drowse of everyday life it's that sort of monotony but there's there's sort of a comfort in that monotony right so that's what i've always taken from that song and that's why it's just that's why i connect to it a little bit maybe i think i don't know yeah sure i mean it's not like i don't appreciate the sentiment because i do i just think they could have wrote a better song (laughs) (laughs) hey you know what mate fair enough i i absolutely fair enough absolutely fair enough i also think like i always kind of the drone it's not even like a drone but the drone of the guitar because it's pretty relentless like brian's just playing that same sweep up and down it's got an almost sort of like it was kind of like like a bagpipe thing the drone on a bagpipe where it's keeping the same thing going throughout the song and there isn't much movement to elsewhere in the song right really i think actually you know you know what i shouldn't talk too long because i might talk myself out of my vault (laughs) there isn't much movement in the song but i think again there's enough lyrically that i really quite like the lyrics in this song and i know that you're not a, a fan of the misty mists no, and you know, <laughs> but <laughs> no, I mean, it's in honestly, it's not that bad. I, I guess I was just kind of picking on Roger, you know, it's like, you know, the bluest blue or the reddest, you know what I mean? Like, right, I, right, I, right. I, I get, I get what he's doing. I guess it's just easy to pile on Raj with, you know, after he wrote, I'm in love with my car, but yeah, but yeah, and and you're right, actually, Brian's guitar, I mean, like, maybe that could have been more interesting, and and yeah. you know. Uh, I was I was you know making jokes early, but I will I will go back and listen to this again as I always do with these songs before we yeah. talk about them in the in the following week, and I'll give it another listen. But but yeah, you know I think the whole production could have been maybe a little more imaginative, and like I said, that, that vocal being buried so low, and I mean I know that's a that's a stylistic choice. I I get that you know, um, whatever that uh, stupid Stones album is, which I cannot think of at the moment. Uh, you know, one of their most famous ones, and you can hardly hear Mick Jagger's vocal. And now, I mean, Mick Jagger can't even sing, you know? And here we got Roger who can sing. Well, let's get this guy out front, man. Let's get yeah. him out so we can hear him, you know? Like, we don't have to bury his vocal. Well, yeah, well, let's, I... yeah let's bury Mick's vocal. Guy can't sing to save his life. <laughs> let's let these guys who can sing, let's hear him, you know what I mean? And then, you know, and Brian's guitar tone overall, I, I was just a little, I just find it a little bit, a little bit same, same. And okay, it's just a little bit uninteresting. That's an interesting thing, though, to bring up is that, and I'd never thought about this before, but what if Freddie sings this? Does that change it? Does that change yeah. how he's going to deliver this, right? Like, is he going to stick to that same melodic pattern that Roger sticks to pretty much throughout? He doesn't really change the intonation or the the cadence of how he's singing the lines through the melody in, in, in any of the verses. Maybe yeah. Freddie throws something a bit interesting, or maybe just Freddie is a, is a harmony vocal in it or something, because Freddie's not on this song, right? So yeah, that, yeah, that could be interesting. Uh, Roger Taylor, as we've said several times, is, a, is a, an amazing vocalist. And in his own, you know, if Freddie Mercury wasn't in his life, would be the lead singer of, of whatever band he was in. But the thing is, is that Freddie is just that much better. So if Freddie would have sang this, yeah, you know, maybe it would have been better. Maybe I would have liked it more uh, because because of what he would bring to it and the, and the, the delivery and how he would, you know, how he would phrase things. And yeah. Uh, so, yeah, maybe maybe. You know, maybe it would be better. Well, here's another question for you. Um, and it's something that Queen never really used at all is uh, an organ. Like just a big Hammond or something, right? That You know, Deep Purple or whoever would have used. Could this have used a Hammond? Could you have filled out some of the, the sonic space in this with a bit more, uh, uh, putting a bit more meat on the bones, maybe? I think uh, I think last week's song Soul Brother could have used an organ more than this one. There we go. There we go. But uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, they. Yeah, it seems like they could have maybe done a little bit more in the production of this. Uh, yeah, and there again, I will listen again and and really, uh, and you know, really hold a, a more cl- critical ear to it. Uh, and and you know what? To, further to your 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 Rogers lyric uh, writing. You know they are better than than some of his. So, so and and with and like you say, with some instances where they're really good, like it's the fantastic drows on the afternoon of the afternoon Sundays, 
that bored you to rages of tears? I was like, great line, man. It's, it's a good such line. Such a good yeah. line, yeah. I have a feeling that somebody is going to be calling me Mr. Randy this week. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I, I don't know, man. Like, cause, like you said, I mean, okay, I'll, I'll, what I'll do is I will extend an olive branch and say that if you're going to look at the 10 songs on a day at the races, mm-hmm. this one is, it's number 10. I, I, I mean, I can't really, well, Tio Toriate, maybe you could make an, you know, you can make an argument for that one, which is, you don't know that one yet. It's, it's the last song, but those are the two that stand back of the other ones for sure. In terms of sort of, fuck me, this is a, wow, what, what a song, right? So that, in terms of where that sits, but, I don't know. I, th- I think an album needs album tracks, right? Sometimes you can't talk, it can't be 10 hits on an album usually. Well, I mean, rest assured, that's what they're going for. Um, oh, of course, of course. But, but yeah. And it looks like uh, on the original release, it was the fourth song on the second side. Yep. With the fifth song being Tio. Would you, how do you pronounce that? Tio Toriate. Right. So, uh, now, if 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 when I order songs on an album, or uh, I anybody asks me how I order songs on an album, I always say you go with your absolute strongest stuff until you get to your weakest. Right. And so, <laughs> right. well, I mean, let's just be honest, right? Yeah. Because you you got you want to hold people, and and your album tracks, uh, you know, as, as people listen to them a few times, you know, they'll they'll come to love them and and whatever is cool about them too, but. You need to put your most poppiest, hookiest, best songs at the start. And that's clearly what they've done here because, you know, if this was an album of 10, this would be the ninth song, you know, so. Yeah, you know, you, you say that, but where did Space Queen land on your album? Uh, I think you put it number seven. Yeah. yeah. Lucky, num- lucky number seven. You think that's an accident, <laughs> do you? Okay. You know what? That's a very good discussion about Drows. I think we're both right in certain ways um i think we're both wrong in plenty more and i'm I think, sure that uh, i'm sure that where we're wrong we'll be told online which i'm always again not tongue in cheek i'm always very happy to hear how wrong i am because that's how we learn randy that's how we become better as music listeners and musicians and everything else right so yes i'm sure i'm sure there will be opinions on this one uh because i think I think mainly because it comes from such a beloved album, right? Yeah. And, and like in people like you who who remember remember this and you have such that an emotional uh, uh connection with it. Uh so I think we're going to have to, you know, we're going to have a lot of a lot of folks that that feel that way, right? And whereas for me I just I don't have that connection, so For sure, for sure. A, a objective I, I hope hopefully I, I'm I'm objective. You always are. Now, you know what I should do, Randy, quickly before we wrap up, though, is I want to give a shout out to our brothers and sisters on the Deep Dive Podcast Network. We're very happy to be part of that, by the way. Um, So I want to shout out John, Corey and Scott, my very good friends at the uh, Backtracks Aerosmith Revisited podcast. John and Corey at Backtracks Theme Music. Mark and Corey at, and the podcast will rock, which is the Van Halen podcast that we ripped off wholesale for this one. Um, Scott, the Uriah Heap, the Magicians podcast. Unusually, the only podcast that right at the gate was um, authorized and sort of accepted by the band. Um, Nathan John at the Deep Purple podcast, the Simple Man at Skinnered Reconsidered podcast, which is Randy's favorite podcast name. Terry T-Bone Mathley at T-Bone's Prime Cuts on the other side. Rye at Savage Bloody Podcast. Paul, Joe, and David at In the Lap of the Pods, the best Queen podcast on the internet. Uh, Andy and Matt at Hawk Binge, a Hawk Binge Podcast. Eric and Jonathan at Maiden, A to Z. Daniel and Josh at Diary of the Mad Men, the Ultimate Aussie Podcast. Ben and Sam at Universally Speaking, the Red Hot Chili Peppers Podcast. Uh, George and Hattie at the Judas Priestcast. No prizes for guessing what band they color. Clay and Rye at North by South Podcast. Greg and Jonathan So Far So Pod So What. Myself at the Tom Petty Project. Quinn at And Volume For All. And Sav, Nick, Steve and Mark at the Rock Roulette Podcast. So those are the people you should uh, check out because, you know, it's it's all good. There's lots of rock and roll there. Uh, And if you like any of those bands, seriously, and without being sort of, you know, suck-assy, Really good people doing really good podcasts. Go give them a listen. Nice. 
So, Kev, are you trying to tell me you have another podcast? I do have another podcast, Randy. Oh, what's it? What's it called? It's called the Tom Petty Project. Oh, nice. Um, do you do that? Do you do that solo? I do that solo. It's a different thing to this. So it's a I bit sh- kind of like like what I did last week, except, except you're more successful. I, except I've been doing it for and you're yeah, more about successful. a year and a half. <laughs> define success, Randy. Define success. I have a lot of fun doing this with my friend. <laughs> I just love though that you know we should, we should maybe wrap up soon, but I think. The the podcast that I enjoy listening to in this oeuvre, which is a fancy word of saying uh, music podcast, is that listening to people talk about music who are passionate about a certain band or a certain genre, who have any sort of thing to say, whether they're, you know, recording artists or commentators or DJs or whatever they are, there's something that I always engage with listening to people talk about things that they love. And that's what I hope that people get out of this is I fucking love Queen and I know that you really like Queen and you enjoy music and I love talking to you and this is what we do when we get together. We just sit around endlessly boring ourselves senseless by talking about music. So why not bore everyone else in the world with it? That that was my sort of thing coming into this. Wow, so generous of you, Kev. Yeah, I know. So, yeah, you're a really big man. Uh, you know what? I would just love to just bore everybody else with our our constant <laughs> blabbering on. <laughs> about <laughs> about Queen, yeah. No, seriously, that uh, uh, nice. I I I think uh, it it is true. This is what we do when we uh, when we hang out, and uh, maybe not exclusively Queen, but uh, we just talk about this about music. So thanks, thanks everybody for listening. Okay, so I think the only thing, Randy, is that we should say that we're going to give the last word to Mr. Freddie Mercury. Bye bye. Bye. Well, we weren't able to shake old Kev from the hosting chair, but that doesn't mean we do not collectively appreciate you listening, because we certainly do. We would uh, like to know what you guys think about Queens. You can find us on Facebook at Seaside Pot Review and on Twitter at Queen Seaside. Don't forget to check out our pals Corey and Mark over at And The Podcast Will Rock. We owe our format and inspiration for this podcast entirely to them. We'll be back with you next week to spin up another song from this wonderfully diverse catalog. Brand new angle, highly commendable. Seaside Park with you. Seaside Park with you. Give us a kiss. Seaside Park with you. I'm not giving you a kiss. I'm just a musical prostitute, my dear.